Bandwidth, her Priority One podcast, is brought to you by Playa Escondida. Ever dreamed of visiting Planet Risa? Well, Playa Escondida is the ultimate beach resort excursion. Visit PlayaEscondida.com to book your ultimate vacation getaway. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 169 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast. Recorded Thursday, April 10th, 2014, live on trekradio.net, and available for download or streaming as of Monday, April 14th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Jace. I'm Cookie. And I'm Elijah. And in the recording booth is our audio engineer, Skiffy. Well, Cookie, tell us what we have in store this week. Captains, we've got a big show for you this week. With Season 9 right around the corner, we've invited Star Trek Online's lead designer, Al Captain Gecko Rivera, onto the show to share more features about the content coming later this month. As a result, we'll be keeping Trek It Out short this week with a quick update from Alec Peters on the independent film Star Trek Axanar. Then we'll keep STO News shorter this week and review the launch date for Season 9 and the new dev blogs that have been published. And of course, as always, we'll open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming from you, our listeners. Captains, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. You can continue to support Priority One with real-world donations by helping us reach our monthly financial goals. We are all volunteers, and we could use your help with purchasing new equipment, with hosting fees, or to alleviate some travel expenses when we cover conventions on location throughout the year. Like Vegas 2014, yo! Vegas, baby! Woo! In his recent subspace communique, Embracing Adversity, Wesley Garris continues a conversation we had right here on Priority One Podcast regarding endgame difficulty and the price of death. Check out these blogs and more only on PriorityOnePodcast.com. And lastly, Captains, before we move on with the show, we invite you to keep an eye on our social media platforms like Facebook.com slash Priority One Podcast or on Twitter at STO Priority One. We're hoping that every Sunday evening around 9 p.m. Eastern Time, we'll be taking to Twitch.tv for live playthroughs of Star Trek Online, hosted by the cast and crew of Priority One Podcast and the Priority One Fleet. Subscribe to our channel at twitch.tv slash priority one. Well, Captains, let's trek out a quick visit from producer-writer Alec Peters and get an update on the progression of the highly anticipated independent film project Star Trek Axanar. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. And joining us again this episode is writer-producer Alec Peters of the independent film project Star Trek Axanar with another update for all of the fans out there. Alec, thank you again for joining this week. Hey, thanks. It's good to be here as always. 
All right, so talk to us a little bit about what's going on in the world of Axonar this week. Well, it's been a big week um, because we signed um, our last two stars for Prelude to Axonar, our short film that, we'll, we, that we uh, were able to raise, uh, you know, we raised over $100,000 for. And uh, those stars are Kate Vernon, who was, everyone knows as Ellen Ty in uh, Battlestar Galactica. And Kate is going to play uh, one of our starship captains. Her name is Sonia Alexander, and it's a great role that we wrote specifically for Kate. Um, and she's basically, uh, you know, she's kind of like a hotshot fighter jock. And um, in this case, she's a starship captain. So at the Battle of Axnar, um, she's uh, she's kind of uh, Garth's right hand, and so it's a lot of fun to write for her, and because uh, she's kind of cocky and kind of. She's, you know, she's just, um, it's a fun character. We're just having a ball with it. Um, so we're really excited about having Kate. We met with her last week. Um, obviously, everyone knows Kate was, uh, played Valerie Archer in, um, in, in that one episode of Star Trek Voyager where uh, Species 8472, is that what they are? <laughs> I always forget yeah, those yeah, numbers. Yep. They uh, have built a replica of Starfleet headquarters. And, uh, so um, Kate Vernon's character is kind of uh, hot for uh, Chakotay at that point. So anyway, it was a, that was a great episode, and uh, uh, so that's her legacy in Star Trek. And um, obviously she's, a, she's an accomplished actress, daughter of actor John Vernon, who you all know is Dean Warmer from Animal House. Uh, so she's a legacy in the acting business. And um, she was really excited about the project. We met with her. We had a blast talked about the character, talked about Prelude to Axnar. And so, yeah, so that was that's real exciting. And then the other big acting casting news we have is we signed Tony Todd to play Admiral Ramirez, the head of Starfleet Command. And you all know Tony Todd as Kern, Worf's brother, from, uh, from Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And uh, you also know him as the older Jake Sisko in the Deep Space Nine episode, The Visitor which uh, always brings a tear to every guy's eye who watches that episode. Wow, that, that is, that's fantastic. These are two uh, very good actors uh, who have been in so many things that, you know, you, you may not recognize the name immediately, but the moment you IMDb them, you'll say like, oh, yes, I remember them. Of course, Kate Vernon, uh, uh, Ellen Ty on Battlestar Galactica, and, and Tony Todd in, in a ton of stuff, Candyman. I mean... It, Right. So many things, so many things. Uh, and these are very talented actors. So that's very, very exciting. So where are we now in, uh, in production this week? How far, what, what, what's on the immediate horizon? Well, obviously we start, we will be shooting Prelude to Action on May 4th and May 8th. Um, one day, on my, Sunday, May 4th, we shoot all the human characters, the five human characters, which are um, uh, Garth, uh, uh, Admiral Ramirez, Sonia Alexander, uh, Sam Travis, played by J.G. Hertzler, and uh, obviously Robert April, played by Michael Hogan. We shoot those on Sunday, May 4th. And on Thursday, May 8th, we shoot our Klingon, Richard Hatch, and our Vulcan, Gary Graham, because both those days require prosthetic makeup, so we bring in our prosthetic makeup artists for that day. So that's what's on at Horizon, so we are pushing hard towards that th that day, and um, uh, those two days, and... Uh, a lot of pre-production, a lot of um, you know art department work that Christian Gossett, our director, is, is driving, and um, you know, we're going to have a, a you know pushing towards a lock script this weekend, and then um, 
Yeah, uh, and and we're, they're feverishly having production meetings, and it's great because we have such uh, pros uh, behind the camera. You know, you you see a great cast, and obviously that's what everyone has seen and knows. But we have great people behind the camera as well. There are really um, there are really no amateurs uh, behind the camera as well. Everyone is in a movie maker of some renown. Um, Everything from uh, people who've you know uh, done uh, short films and and, and short uh, uh, and shorter subjects on up to four-time Emmy winner who just joined our staff as uh, the visual effects supervisor. So we've got just amazing people, uh, you know, uh, uh, at, at every stage, and that means that they have a different expectation of on how things work and what processes we follow. And so it's not haphazard at all. It's very, it's very focused very driven it's it's really it's uh it's it's great because you know i i've got a couple roles here one is executive producer um but i'm also playing garth and so over the past two weeks um led by christian our director all the production responsibilities have been taken off my shoulders which is really nice so now my only job is to memorize my lines and uh and make sure the rest of the cast is happy, and and it's uh, so it's a pleasure. I'm really enjoying things now because it, it's it's um, it's a, a better process for me. Well, with a coach like Richard Hatch, it's it's certain that you'll be uh, a fantastic guard. Well, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> Richard, I appreciate that, and and he is amazing. And I honestly, I don't couldn't do it without him. I, he's just bringing out so much great stuff from me. And uh, we, you know, we had class on Tuesday, and and I was telling people how I, I get people are saying, "Well, are you going to be a professional actor? Is that what you want to do?" I'm like, "Hell no, that is absolutely not what I want to do." I, I just, I mean, I respect actors so much, um, and I know I don't have I, I, the drive to do that, to work that. I mean, to just to go out and do auditions constantly and try and make a living at it. I I want to be great at one role. Garth of ISR. That's the one role I want to be great at. And after that, I just want to get into production and produce more Star Trek and work on, you know, eventually work on Star Trek for CBS. Um, those are my goals. But Richard, you know, I, it, having him there um, working with us on scenes from Axanar and really he, he gets his character, but he also gets Garth and he's really working with me on what Garth, where Garth resides in me and how to bring that out. And it's, oh my God, it's so much fun. It's, it really is amazing. As you know, you're an actor. You know what it's like when you, you oh, really yeah. can find stuff within you, then it just pops out of you, and you're just like, I don't know where that came from, but that was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Alec, we want to thank you for stopping by uh, to give us a an update on Star Trek Axanar and Prelude to Axanar. Is there anything that we may have missed that uh, you want to get out there? Well, if we have, just make everyone should make sure they're following us on Facebook. Um, uh, like our page, and then make sure you hit Get Notifications under the like button just so you you find out every day what's going on or check back bookmark our page and check back every day we really try and keep our facebook page as the place where all the news comes out we also do that on our website star trek axonar.com but uh we'll you know we'll look forward to coming back next week and letting you know what new has happened fantastic well captains that wraps up trek it out for this week let's head on over to star trek online news computer status report status Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. In season nine, dev blog number 10, Chris M. Rods Dodds takes us through the new Cubal Undine ground mission to hit season nine. Undine 
Infiltration takes you and a team to Bajor where reports have surfaced of the Undine taking the forms and identities of local residents. You must split up and investigate suspects to determine whether or not they are actually Undine in disguise. You do this by asking them questions and then deciding whether or not they are Undine. If so, they are quarantined. If not, they are cleared and released. Now be careful who you send because the Bajorans might get upset and cause problems if you just start sending everyone to quarantine without thinking about it. The Undine will also try to cause disturbances to interrupt your progress, so be ready to regroup with your team if necessary. Then you are taken to underground caves where the Undine have set up their base of operations. You must eliminate any remaining Undine to complete the mission. Players are scored on how many Undine were accurately identified and quarantined, and how many Bajoran citizens were released. Points are lost if you mistake a Bajoran for an Undine, and vice versa. Players will earn either Undine or Fleet Marks. It's a mixed faction mission, and it's only for level 50 characters. It takes around 15 to 20 minutes, depending on the difficulty level, I'm guessing, because there's a normal and an elite version. They spent a lot of time on Bajor, and it's a beautiful map. It's a Bajor is a gorgeous environment. It really is. Just from the sky to the trees to the, it's just it's a beautifully created map. But unfortunately, the mission that was it's just you know Bajor it, they they just Bajorans whine a lot, and that's what we're gonna have to deal with now again. It's just Bajor's Bajorans whining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It's an underutilized area that a lot of love was put into. It's a social zone that's disused, and we have said, give us reasons to go to these zones. Granted, it'll be through a queue uh, to answer Grand Nagus. It'll be through a queue, not just go to the social zone. Still, it is essentially that zone. And from what I'm understanding of the description of the mission, we unfortunately we have not had the opportunity of going into Triple yet and testing it out. So this is all under speculation, but because there are some things we want to save for our experience with season nine. But you have to collaborate with your team on who's doing what and who's saying and interviewing who and whatnot. So I don't know that an interrogation mission is is good for a pug. That's going to be terrible. This is a mission that it, that should happen, you know, maybe once every hour when you go visit Bajor. Not a PvE event. One strike against a mission for being ground, right? Like, we're willing to give ground a chance because the Voth ground stuff was really cool. But it's still a strike. Second strike, it's Bajor. Well, Captains, the moment we've been waiting for has arrived. We've finally been given the release date for Star Trek Online's Season 9. On Tuesday, April 22nd, you can continue the Dyson Sphere story in Season 9, A New Accord, with a new featured episode, new space battle zone against the Undine, new kits, remodeled Earth space dock, updated Undine mission arcs, and a lot more that we'll be discussing later in the show with Star Trek Online's lead designer, Al, Captain Gecko Rivera. In the meantime, Star Trek Online has released a promo video that nicely sums up the story thus far. And in Season 9, Dev Blog number 11, our security clearance has been raised, and Jiro Sugihara of the Federation Diplomatic Corps offers a pre-conference briefing that just so happens to offer players a summation of the past events from Season 8 and Season 8.5. So the promo video is, is really well done. I, I, I really enjoyed watching that, and uh, voiceover talent was fantastic. Awesome to see Tim Russ reprising the role of Tuvok. Um, and I 
thoroughly appreciate these summations because it's been a while, right? So, Captains, we encourage you to check those out on the official Star Trek online website and uh, watch those videos. So we also have some information from Tribble Patch Notes. The most relevant piece harkens back to our reputation revamp. When we reported on it previously, we mentioned that there would now be hourly reputation XP projects similar to in the Dyson reputation path. However, we did not yet know how many times per day you'd be able to do that before it switched over to just awarding Dilithium. Now all hourly XP projects will go into a cooldown period after being run three times within a 20 hour period. So you won't be able to slot any more of those and the cooldown will start from when you first slotted one. So if you slot one now, one in four hours, one in another four hours, you'll have 12 hours to wait before you can slot another one. But you'll have no cooldowns unless you do a full three of the hourly XP projects. Yeah, as long as you're accumulating marks, you could do one when you first log on, and if you're on for an hour, you could slot a second one before you log off and you'd have no kind of cooldown issue for the next day. And I think marks will flow pretty freely because just doing the daily will give you that bonus of enough to do one hourly and one daily. So as long as you do something else, you would have enough to do a second. The third, you'd actually have to be on for long enough or log back on and make that extra effort. And it would cut into your saving up marks for the items you actually want later on as well. So it's a trade-off. Before we continue, we'd like to take a moment to congratulate Star Trek Online's lead writer, Christine M. Thompson, on her nomination for the 2014 Scribe Award based on a short story she wrote titled Mirror Image. Congrats, Christine! Yeah, awesome. Yay! I have to catch up on those. They're published in Star Trek magazine pretty regularly. Those were in issue 44 and 45, which I have not yet read. Recently, a few months ago, I subscribed to Star Trek magazine, so I have, uh, I have some catching up to do on my flight to China. Also, we'd like to take a moment to wish Brandon, Brand Flakes Felcher, smooth sailings as he steps down from his position as Perfect World Entertainment's community lead to pursue new horizons closer to family and friends. Brandon, you've been a guiding light for the community and a bridge between players and developers. If not for you, Priority One Podcast would not be here today. We thank you for your tireless commitment to the community, and we look forward to seeing you throughout the galaxy in Star Trek Online. Thank you for all that you've done. Well, Captains, that wraps up Star Trek Online news for this week. Now, we welcome Star Trek Online's lead designer, Al, Captain Gecko Rivera. Security clearance level 3 or above is required to access files. This is Captain Benjamin Sisko. Authorization Sisko Alpha 1 Alpha. Logs accessed. Hello, Captains. I'm back, but only for a very special engagement, to talk to Al, Captain Gecko Rivera, Star Trek's lead designer. Welcome back to the show, Al. Uh, thank you for having me, and uh, hail Hydra. <laughs> and that evil laugh you hear in the background is Skiffy in the audio booth, the recording booth as always. Hey, Skiffy. Hey, how's it going? All right. Well, uh, let's just get right down to the brass tacks here, Al. Season 9 is dropping in the very, very near future, and lots more fun stuff is coming. Am I right? Am I right? Yes, you are right. Uh, yes, we, I'm, the psychic still wins. Yeah, it was really brilliant since we since it was, since it's already <laughs> on the web. It's just it's you're, you're practically clairvoyant. Uh, uh. 
<laughs> yeah, tell us. Tuesday the twenty second, we'll uh, we've announced that uh, season nine will will be released, and most of it's already up on Triple to be to uh, to check out. So um, yeah, it's it's so uh, we're it's this is this has been a great release because um, we're uh, we've been almost done, effectively done with it for for like six weeks now, and uh, so we've had a lot of extra time to polish, and we we're already starting on. Expansion two. We've already we've already been working on expansion two for like four four weeks now. I saw that so, tweet. Saw so that tweet. Uh, so we're we're we we're in a good we're in a really good spot. You know we've got a good cadence and now we're kind of getting ahead of the game now. So we it, t- cool. it took a it took a little extra effort of this little energy of activation has kind of like worked really hard in the beginning to try to get ahead of things so that way we could not have to work really hard at the end. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's when you're tired. You don't want to do it at the end. Yeah. Do it at the beginning and you have a little energy. Well, let's let's run down the the list of new fun things that's on Tribble that we're gonna uh, come to holodeck on the twenty second, right? So, first of all, we got some new uh, PVE content, right? Yes, there are several new uh, new cues. They're all really different this time, right? So, so right. we've got we've got the uh, we've got one where you go into fluidic space uh, and. Uh, and you've got, uh, and so there's a very different experience there. There's actually a little uh, flow, uh, ebb and flow. The water like knocks your ship back and forth, real rocks it gently back and forth. Um, and you can, you can uh, um, circumvent some of that by increasing your rank in the counter uh, eight four seven two counter command uh, reputation. Will counter that your that uh, that ebb and flow. So you've got that one, and then you've got. Um, the Undine assault, where the Undine will attack, um, are attacking one of uh, one of the one of the, the Alpha Quadrant planets, and it's random. So we're trying, we're working more and more at trying to get more randomization. So every time this queue loads up, it's a different location. Uh, I think it's like like uh, the Gorn, Andor, Fringanar, and Cardassia. I think are the four planets that might come up. And every time you go to one of those, every time you appear there, the circumstances are different because the defenses are different. For instance, if you go to Fringanar, you have to you have to pay the Ferengi and Latinum to act, to access some of their uh, some of their <laughs> some of their defenses. <laughs> and if you go to the Gorn planet, they throw asteroids at the Undine, right? And Cardassia oh, cool. Cardassia has the uh, um, has uh, 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 those orbital platforms like they did at the end. Right, of the like in the show. Yeah. yeah. And I can't cool. remember what Andor had. I think Andor. Uh, uh, I just played that. They launched a bunch of ships. Yeah, they. I know they launched. They all launched some ships, but Andor might oh, just okay. have more more ships. I can't. I can't honestly remember what what we did. Andor. That's a really cool one. I really like that one because it's really, it's uh, you know, because it's it's very different. And you got you you go down. You see like the Undine. Like they they come through the rift and they have this kind of this Undine infection that comes through space that creates these corridors that you kind of have to go down these lanes. You need to avoid the mucus. <laughs> you need that's to avoid I, the what, mucus, yes. The mucus goes everywhere and it sucks in your ship and it's, <coughs> it's terrible. Yes. It's terrible. There's Undine mucus you want to avoid. Um, yes, and uh, the, 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 the other one we have is, the, uh, is a ground one and that one's really new because it's a very story, more story driven. It's only half of it's not even combat related. Um, ground PVE uh, Q and so you go to Bajor and your um, your you've discovered a there's there's Undine infiltration on Bajor and you're going around trying to discover who is a who is an Undine until you can find out where is their hidden base and then you go underneath into the caves and you uh, and then you, you you root them out there. What what we've done is they're all different parts of the story of what's going on. 
and the main story is told in the featured episode, which which we which uh, which which we're not going to talk about because this on this this podcast comes out on on the 14th. A little think, soon. Yeah. Little, little early. Yeah, coming out a couple days, so we're not going to talk about the uh, the uh, uh, that quite yet. But that will set the story, and then I mean, it's not a it's not a big surprise. This season nine is a lot about the Undine, right? So um, yeah. So there's an Undine invasion going on, and so, so the cues are telling the different parts of the story. So you get the you get the set you get the story is set up in this featured episode, and then and then what you're doing then is you are the Undine then are attacking different planets, trying to blow up with their planet killers, trying to blow up different planets, and that's that's the Undine assault PVEQ, and then um, and then then the next the next kind of part of the Backstory is the ground assault. So it's like, well, you've kind of you need to kind of find root out where their sleeper cells are and and uh, you know, on the Alpha Quadrant where they've been hiding out and where they've been where they've been gathering all this information. And then finally, you go into fluidic space. You go attack them, try to take out their planet killers before they, you know, in fictionally are sending them into the Alpha Quadrant to blow up your planet. So then you take it to them and try to stop them first. And what's right. what's really what I really like about what we were able to finally pull off was something I wanted to do since uh, since before launch is show that the Undine ships are grown on these big core ah. on these giant like these these alien fluidic space coral reefs, and so you mm-hmm. see all these ships are like budded. On the side, you'll see little egg cases on the sides of the reef. They look like little shark egg cases. You can see the you can see little embryos swimming around inside them, and then they'll oh. hatch and swarm out. Like you know, hundreds of them will swarm out uh, oh, no. while they're st- while they're still uh, embryos. And and the giant planet killers are like this this you know this giant thing that's inside this 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 this. Uh, Chrysalis or something. Yeah, and it, so yeah, so, yeah. so you got to destroy it before it before it's uh, before it hatches. Um, and uh, so it's uh, it kind of gives you it's uh, kind of giving you a little uh, insight into uh, the ecology of uh, fluidic space. You know, you guys get high marks for your uh, for your fiction telling. You know, for for uh, Christine uh, Thompson over there does a great job, and I think you know. Uh, getting into why the Undine are bio people and then how that actually works is, is, a, is kind of fun to see. Um, so it's, it, it fills in the backstory of Star Trek a lot. And I like that a lot. Um, but let's talk about uh, those are all the three different uh, PVEQs. Let's talk real quick about uh, some of the mechanical stuff that's also going to change at the at the launch of season nine. Uh, traits, kits. Uh, all that stuff. What, what's, Traits, uh, what, kits, what and reps. So, so I've been talking about kits for forever, Long time. forever and a day. Like back when I was on the show, you remember that? You yeah, those days. I know. That Long time like, ago. That was forever. That was in, that was <laughs> in, in the before time. And uh, so, yeah. So we finally have uh, we finally have a, a kit revamp. And uh, if if players aren't uh, aware of it, it's uh, uh, your old kits will remain unchanged. So you'll still have your old kits. And uh, we didn't we didn't uh, do any fix up scripts to to change them. It's it's just just wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth the effort. And and doing a fix up script like that causes a lot of lag. And so I mean they're, they they'll still be in there. They will no longer be available and no longer drop in the game. The old kits won't. So right. only the new stuff will will be available. If you like your kit, you can keep your kit. Mm-hmm. If you like your kit, you okay. can keep your kit. But you won't like it after you see the new kits. So. <laughs> so you, when you say you, if you like your kit, you can keep your kit. If you de-slot your kit, you can still re-slot it again? It'll still yeah, exist? It's, yeah, there's not, okay. it's not, we're not going to change anything about it at all. So, okay. As a matter of fact, I think you'll still be able to get one of those 
in the tutorial. You'll still get your basic starting kit in the tutorial. Um, so well, that's probably better to have to learn the kit system yeah, when you first start the yeah. game. You just learn how to click the power. Yeah, yeah that's probably better. Yeah. So, so, uh, so yeah, they'll 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 remain unchanged. You keep them, and they'll probably be some sort of collector economy or something. People in, in a couple of years, you won't be able to get them anymore, and people will still want them for some reason. So the okay. so the, so the primary difference is you now will get you'll 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 get a kit frame, which is the the bag that you put that uh, doesn't have any activatable powers in itself. And it will. It comes in marks one through twelve, and it comes in uh, white, green, blue, purple, or fleet quality. So you'll be able to get some of these from from your fleets as well. And uh, the different qualities um, means how many passive abilities might be on it, stat abilities and procs or whatever. Um, there's a there there. The first ones will be, that you'll be getting will be pretty uh, pretty basic, like other algorithmically generated loot we've done in the past. And but new stuff in lockboxes and fleets and rep systems will have more specialized passive abilities that come that come on them. Um, now they will they have from one to five uh, slots in them, and so so now you'll actually be able to get kits with uh, with five slots more easily. I think there were some fleets kits that had five powers on them, but now. Uh, as long as you get a Mark 11 or 12, it will have five slots in it. The kit frames also come uh, in a different variety of types of slots. So, uh, tactical kits have strategy and tactics or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think something like that. Yeah. And um, and so certain and so they'll come in a different combinations of those slots. So there there's none that are all strategy, right? There's none that are all fabrication for engineer. But there'll be up to four, you know, and then one. And then one of the other one, or they might get three and two, or two and three. So there's a couple different combinations you can get. Uh, so so you'll want to so you'll have to, you'll have to find the kit that you know that you that you like. But now this will allow you, as always, to be able to mix and match abilities that you couldn't mix and match before. Every profession of kit has two different types of of slots. So science is like a research and medic, I think it is. And engineering is fabrication and operations, I believe, and tactical is is uh, tactics and strategy. Or um, I, I, I'm not I, the, the names have changed a couple different times, so I'm not sure what the final names right. are at this point. Um, right. so now, are there are there belts? Are there belts that have like uh, four and a universal? Could I theoretically get all five if I find these special special? Uh, uh, we have uh, not frames? released any universal or any dual slots yet, but uh, I mean we're. And this system now allows us to do that, and okay. I anticipate those coming in future in future kits. Let's uh, we want to get people get excited about these before we throw all the all the you know all the options out there yet. We'll make those as chase items for later. So you could have your doctor throwing grenades. Yeah, it's it's a one day one day that one day that uh, that that could that could very easily happen now, and uh, so those will become very very desirable items, and so we can uh, so we can make those very rare uh, or very accessible or. Inaccessible, rather. Cool. So, so, th- so, so that's uh, we won't be releasing any of those weird ones yet. But there will be new kits and new. There'll be a lot of new kit. So, so the the items, the the, the items themselves, kit gems, if you will, um, that will mm-hmm. the, the, that will go into the frames. Um, all the old ones you've been used to before are there, but now before they used to be like, like you would get grenade, photon grenade one, two, and three. So that's gone. So now it's simply photon grenade, and you'll get it in white, blue, green, or purple, or fleet quality if you can find the fleet quality if it's available. So gen- we'll just cons- we'll forget about fleet right now. There's just four qualities. So where 
a type 1 would be equivalent to a white, and a type 3 would be equivalent to purple. And so type 2 is kind of in between a, a green and a blue. So the, uh, balance-wise, the, the numbers, since we, we basically had to divide three effectivenesses into four color qualities, so we made move some numbers around. So, okay. um, but basically, if uh, general in general in the back end, the, the numbers for like a, a type one would be like a, a magnitude of one, while a type two was a magnitude of one point three three, and a type three was a magnitude one point six six. So if you just hold on to those numbers in your head for a moment, okay. then right now purple is now a 1.66 and white is a 1. And then blue is a, like a one, not a 1.33, it's like a 1.25. Excuse me, green is a 1.25 and, and blue is like a 1.5. And then purple okay. is 1.66. So that's where the numbers kind of, kind of land in approximately. It's going to be very... And we've also introduced some new uh, kit items um, in both the reputation... And and uh, and will be coming in the new lockbox, which uh, which I'm not going to talk too much about, but you'll see some new ones in there. Well, um, so we talked about the kits then. Now let's talk about some. Uh, we'll talk about just basic reputation system now, and then we'll move on to the traits as 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 they interface with the with the reputation system as we go. So we're going to get a new reputation. We're going to get the Undine reputation. We talked a little bit about how you can pilot your ship better in fluidic space if you progress through those tiers. Um, so what else are we going to be getting at this time? More loots, I'm hoping. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't want to get too much into details of all the all the different the different loots in there because honestly, I don't remember them all. But there's there's a new you know there's a new space set. And there's a new ground set. There, uh, uh, generally, our theme with reputation systems is everything in the reputation. We're, we're trying more and more to make it uh, as a counter a counter gear and counter powers. For what you're fighting, so everything here should help you combat the Undine, uh, including things like psionic resistance and uh, um, uh, and and and, and th- things like that. Things that will help you dodge their attacks and things that will help you deal with uh, with their their space mucus. Uh, <laughs> I hope I'm the first person to say that. Am I? I think you are. You might be. Yes. <laughs> even calling them puddles. Um, no, I walked through and I went, oh my god, there's snot all around my screen. I better drive around that. And I'm in my Odyssey. That's not easy to no, do. No, it's not. It's a no. It's stuck in a big ship. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, there, there are things that will help you destroy those uh, and 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 generally have resistance to their type of powers and their abilities and be able to attack them and do extra damage to them. So that's what a lot of the gear is is uh, is oriented for. Is of course there'll be new. Uh, trait powers in there, uh, and uh, and and any and 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 it's using the new system, right? So right, we, the new system we've converted we everything over. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit. So this you've had a pretty easy ride so far, but they they brought in they brought in the guns back from retirement here. Get ready, Al, because I'm. A, you're going to ask you a couple, a couple of not so softballs. Not so softballs. So, so I totally dug the whole commendations thing and earning marks and buying that kind of stuff because yes. I just burned through the Voth. And that was the best reputation uh, system. I, I, I loved the changes. thought that they were fantastic. Universal acclaim. Uh, now we're rolling those back. Do tell. Well, Do tell, Mr. Rivera. I, I, this I is don't, your, I don't, your mic. I don't think that you're going to, uh, in in uh, in practice, it's there's really not much, there's not much different. We mean, everyone's always complaining about more and more 
economies. I believe the phrase I used, I used to harp on currencies yeah. all the time. With you. So, yeah. so we basically, you basically have now the same, the same functionality. You just have more flexibility and we were able to reduce a currency. So, um, you know, we, we, we introduced a new system. Everyone seemed to like it, but there was, there's, there's, there's an extra currency and a little extra layer of complexity in there. So we decided, well, let's try it this way. Instead of, instead of every time you, you play a piece of content, uh, say a PVEQ, for the first time that you would get this commendation token that you could use to kick off your, your project. Instead, we just give you a one-time daily extra bonus, like 50 marks that you can get, enough to kick off your daily project. So it's exactly the same functionality, but if you don't want to use that for the daily project, you if you want to instead save it, you can. So we just gave you more flexibility and reduced a and reduced a uh, um, and, and reduced a, a, a currency. So it it was just simply an attempt to simplify the system and give players more flexibility. Now, Al, this is me you're talking to here, because here's the thing: what I did last time is probably not the greatest way for cryptic. I I burned. I sat down and cheeks and seats for a good chunk of a weekend and bought a whole bunch of commendations. So all I had to do for like ten days in a row was just log in, kick off my reputation, and log out. So was that not working for you guys as well? Is that is that something that you guys needed to sort of design around? Just, you know, take that part back. Was that something that I, I, didn't work out for you guys as well? No, it certainly wasn't the motivation for it. I mean, you, it, it's in your example, you're saying that you logged in and got a bunch of extra commendation tokens, right? Right, I did a whole bunch of off yeah. stuff. I blew up that stupid ship like you know seven times. Yeah. Got a whole bunch of marks for it, and then turned them all in for commendations. And I just had my little chit I could just turn in every day. Yeah, but but that was perfectly well, fine. That was never really a problem for us because that was that was that was a design that we wanted. That was you know p- people saying that they uh, that they uh, um, used to do that with the old system, get a whole bunch of marks over over the weekend and then come in every day and kick off their projects. So we let you do that if you were a hardcore enough player to get a bunch of extra combination tokens. So you still did what we wanted you to. You logged in every day. And, as, and, if, right. you, and if you're logged in every day, you're tempted to play a little bit while you're there. So, so that was fine for us. Um, honestly, it was not a motivation in our decision to change things. It just gave you more flexibility. You can still do exactly the same thing. You could log in over the weekend and just burn, get a whole bunch of marks and just keep playing, and then and then every day log in and kick off your your projects just as much. So it doesn't really change it that much. Um, it really it really was just an attempt to streamline the system and not have to create. Well, you know, man, we're gonna have to create four more commendation tokens and make special cases on how you can get them. So um, you know, it was an evolution of the system, and we, we 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 tried something. It was much better, and then we said, well, I we think we can make it a little bit even better. There was nothing okay. nefarious or any anything about it that we were doing with it. Well, I have to ask. That's fine. Because because there could be nefariousness if I don't root it out. Then you know. <laughs> Only I, if yeah. I'm twirling my mustache, then then, <laughs> then you have to worry. Then we have to worry. Yeah. Wait, this is radio. I can't tell you. You could be twirling your mustache right now. <laughs> I would never know. <laughs> All right. So we got another question on this one from our listeners, John Cordona via Facebook. He asks about the new reputation uh, trait system that's uh, going to have some changes. We've had some discussions here and there about, uh, oh, the nerfage, the, the, the accused nerfage going on. We're going to be cutting back some of the, uh, the available traits to four active powers, four passive ground, and four passive space. Have other alternatives been considered? 
based on community feedback so far? For instance, the ability to unlock additional slots via fleet progression? Or are we just going to stick to the 444 on this? The, we will be sticking to the 444. Four four. Uh, the, the one thing that we have talked about doing, although we won't be launching with Season 9 because it's just getting too late and to be making dangerous changes at this point, um, is that we... we we uh, we likely will add um, the ability because it's not really important right now. We likely will probably change it so instead of just four ground passives, four space passives, and then four activatable rep traits, we'll split the four activable rate tra- uh, rep traits into four activatable space and four activatable ground. So right now you can only get four anyway until you finish the Undine counter command um, uh, rep, and then you'll have five. Um, but you'll have to leave one behind. You have to leave one behind. But since since you can respec any time you want, in a, you know, out, in, in not, not, uh, you know, outside a, was originally out of combat, but now it's actually going to be in any social map, just the same place that you can swap. Um, oh, swap. so you're gonna have to decide before the fight. Yeah, so it's same, same, just like, just like you, just exactly the same thing, like uh, uh, you know, when you can swap ships, so out in the like okay. the sector space. Um, so, so since you could kind of swap them anyway. Um, I, we didn't. We, it probably doesn't make any sense to cause some aberrant behavior. I'm going to go on a ground map, and I'll switch to my ground ground activatable powers. I'm going to go to a space map, and I'm going to switch to my space ones. So we'll probably just go ahead and just give you four ground and four space activatable. But um, and the ability. So that's kind of coming. That's not not season nine, but uh, no, it'll probably be like probably two. a few weeks or a month or so after season. Nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, so it'll come season nine point five ish, nine point two five. Making changes like that right now would be really dangerous, right? It's just it's not worth it. It's just simply, <laughs> yeah, it's simply not worth. It's simply right. not worth the, worth the chance of making bugs <laughs> when you're coming out right. in two weeks. I mean, the ma- the build is already made, and so you know when you're in this stage, you're in lockdown. If something once it, something's going to go into the build, it has to get permission and reviewed, and so okay. we'll do it afterwards it's going to take people you know more than a month to finish their their undine rep anyway before they unlock that uh that that that, that fifth power anyway so we'll probably have it in place around then um right. and you follow the pattern the undine will be a space pattern it'll be a space uh, power yes yeah yeah i believe so yeah five. yeah we just you rotate them back and forth so yeah. um but uh but the ability to uh, uh, get more slots is 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 very realistic to con- to to get how um and it's something that that we have the ability to and have considered. We haven't uh, decided when and where, and whether or not it'll be within the fleet. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it, it could happen anywhere. It could be. Uh, the tech is there. The tech is there, and it could very easily be some sort of, um, you know, reward. I don't think you're going to be able to say go to the C store and 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 <laughs> buy and buy six more slots. Uh, right. But uh, you know, if you if you remember in the. Uh, in the personal trait system, there are, there are a few traits that you can get. Um, there's two right now that you get as bonus traits that you don't have to spend any any trait points on. There's um, there's a uh, um, there's one for tour of the galaxy, and there's one in the in the Romulan. Uh, if you're a Romulan player, you can get the uh, indoctrination uh, trait after you get indoctrin- after you get uh, brainwashed by Hakeev. It gives you some uh, some 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 resistances against the Lachi gas. Um, mm-hmm. So so if we don't give you slots, we might just give you free traits, right? Just continue to give you a free trait that you don't have to spend a point on. So so there's other ways to get that. But but yes, uh, we can do both of those. Um, now a lot of the protesting has come not from so much the active stuff because as you point out, there's only four active powers to begin with now, but from the passives. 
and the idea I, I think from at an intellectual level you understand people understand look as we make more and more reputation systems we can't just keep on making more powers available to you all the time but uh, is there a, a chance of additional flexibility like if I just want to load up on space traits and neglect my ground is that kind of flexibility in the system where it doesn't have to be four and four or are we going to just have four and four forever? Well, I mean, I, I, totally, I totally understand the uh, the the the, uh, the the fear and, and concerns about 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 change, right? This this is a change to the system, and we feel that it is a it is a uh, is a change for the better. It's something that we wanted to do a long time ago because we knew that we couldn't keep keep giving them away and and uh, you know just have a constant power creep. No, we really really do not want people to just say, oh, I want eight space. Um, that would be really bad. And, and here's a good example of that. Like people put everything into space, and then we introduced the ground, bat, the ground uh, battle zone. It's like, oh, it goes so hard. I don't, I don't have anything ready for ground, and then and I'm dying. It's as well because you put everything into space, and so there, there's. I, I'd sooner give you more slots than say, um, yes, you can put everything into one region. Um, it just, it just allows players to. To make themselves bad in one part of the game that that they're not going to want to play, and I don't want I don't want people to not want okay. to play a region because they've because they 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 spec themselves out of it. So right. um, that's that's uh, that, that's why the skill tree makes you have to spend stuff in ground as well as in space. It's not like you can put them wherever oh. you want. Right. Oh, that's annoyed me since launch. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. But everyone wants, because everyone wants to put it but in space, right? right? But right. but uh, it makes sense on an intellectual level, but in the gut level, it's like, but I don't want to, Al. Al, don't make me. Can't have your pudding if you don't eat your meat. So oh, another brick <laughs> in the wall. All right. So I mean, it's uh, it's yeah, that's that's uh. It's not any different than it's like City of Heroes. You have a ground. You have a you know you different different. Uh, you've got a you've got a primary and a secondary ability. It's just you you put points you put points in both, right? So it's uh, um, it's not something that we're going to be steering away from. But so, I mean the idea. I mean I understand. I mean people are people are say, hey, you've taken away some of my abilities, right? And so well, the, the, a I think it's far more interesting. It's not it's not a it's not a system that's that's been unheard of, and if had we launched like this, no one would have bashed bad an eyelash about it, right? So because it would be like new reputation system. Well, there's only one power, so hey, no problem. I can just choose four when it comes out. So, yeah. so it's it's. I mean, it's not unlike Diablo. It's not unlike Guild Wars. It's not unlike um, Lord of the Rings. You earn these powers, and you pick which ones you can have active at any given time. Um, the way the way we were headed is that the uh, the trait powers were. Or ha- because we were getting so many of them, they had to get more and more diluted, um, and yeah. and and it didn't. They didn't. Each one mattered very little. I mean, some were really good, and some were no-brainers. But some of them were getting eh, it didn't matter. So now we went through and we effectively doubled the effectiveness uh, of every single one of them. And so they're far more. Um, they're far more powerful. They're far more noticeable. They're far more uh, um, desirable individually. Yeah. Um, and uh, and now we can make them. We can also make them now far more interesting because we can make them more more situational. Well, before we had to make them more general purpose because if you took you know that they apply to everything, but now we can yep. make something that you know add twenty percent more damage to Undine. Well, that's great because you can just swap it out when you're not fighting Undine, right? 
<laughs> well, we got sure, and on the, along those lines, you know, there's so many different enemies and end game contents and different scenarios. So Kyle via Facebook asks, "Is there a maximum number of traits I can have in my pool to choose from if I buy a trait off the exchange, or as you were saying, earn a couple of those extra traits uh, through the game?" And I have ten traits unlocked. Do I need to pick one and discard it because my trait bank is full? No, there's no limit to there's no limit okay. to your trait to your trait pool in, in okay. any of those in any of those whether your rep traits or your personal traits. And and if you buy and, and if you buy lock boxes, I, I recently just you know because I I get access to to all of them. So I was I was rebuilding my 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 main character for my personal traits. Um, and I was like, boy, there's a lot of really good traits in the uh, hard to choose. The uh, yeah. In, 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 in some of the ones that you can earn through lockboxes and other means, and it's like, wow, it's, it's actually really like hard. It's like man. nine. It's like, I can't pick yeah. nine. So, so I think in general it's just better for the system because we can make things more interesting and more powerful like that. And, and, it's, and if, we, if, if we let you have eight or unlimited, um, it's just going to be too much bloat. We wouldn't be able to make them as powerful as and interesting. And so, um, I understand this is going to be a this is going to be a growing pain for people, and it's going to be a change and scary. But the system is far more elegant. It's far it's far easier to understand, and it's uh, it's far more interesting, I, I believe. And um, um, yes, will you be able to get more slots? Might be able to have uh, in the future be able to get another slot, but I don't. I wouldn't count on it being something that you'd be able to get a lot of. And as kind of a corollary to the uh, the trait revamp and the reputation system revamp, now that we're doing this, uh, all these changes, when I level up in those tiers, do I still have to choose between the ground and the space that I'll have available in my pool, or do I just get both as I get those tiers up? No, you just get both. You get when you, every, okay. every you'll get if you finish a rep, you'll have all nine rep available. For, they'll yeah. all be in your pool. They'll, they'll all be in your bank. Yes, you don't. Ah, there's no more nice. choosing. That piece is all. That yeah. piece is all gone. Yeah, I, like I think that. that yeah, I think that part has been underreported um, uh, because I think people still were thinking, well, I had to choose. I had to, you know, I, I had an opportunity cost here. I had to take, you know, a road less traveled. But no, you get everything when you unlock those traits. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things that are underreported. That's that's certainly one of them. And the other one that's also underreported is the fact that your personal traits now are completely respectable for free, right? So before yeah. you had to buy a respec or earn a respec and, uh, and you had to lock into that. So now the system is far more flexible. Um, uh, to 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 change those and try those and as you earn more of those through however you earn them, um, it's uh, it's 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 far more robust. Uh, Any social map. I haven't yeah. had a chance to investigate this, but is this tied or will this ever be tied to loadouts by any chance? Um, we have we have talked about it. Um, I I'm going to say that it probably eventually it will be. Um, so so initially we said we wanted it to be tied to loadouts. Uh, and then it, when engineers were like, okay, well, I guess we'll figure out how to do that, and it became really hard, and says, well, we probably won't be able to do it for loadouts. At the same time, we were saying that you could swap these out anytime out of combat, which would be in sync with, with loadouts. Um, and, then, and then we got a little scared about people swapping it out of combat and said, well, maybe we should just back it out and only do it in social zones for now, um, just like when you're swapping ships. Um, that'll probably be a little safer for now just to kind of see how the system plays out. Um, if it's in social zones only, like sector space, then it wouldn't work with loadouts because loadouts you can do and you could do right. any time yeah. out of combat. So basically what I think is we're going to see how it works out here. If, uh, if the system's, if we feel it's safe enough and then 
after everybody and the, the users and the developers alike become more comfortable with the system, we can say, yeah, it's probably okay to let you swap it out out of combat in, a, in an instance map and let's go ahead and roll it into loadouts. So this will be a little baby step system. Can I make an can I make an immersion suggestion here at this point? Um, I, I've heard this a couple of times from people, and I'm just I'm going to throw it out there. Having traits is kind of um, you know you'd think that's more ingrained, and that made sense in the earlier system when you had to pick one and you had to, you were stuck with it, right? Unless you bought a respec token and you could go back and sort of do a reset. Now that it's all hot swappable and stuff, could we change it to training or certification or refresher course or something like that? It just seems like an immersion thing to me. It's just, you know, if I'm changing my traits all the time, that doesn't seem, I, you know, I, I have freckles. I'm going to change that today. There, there is an immersion breaking quality to it, and, 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 I, and I actually had, had a little, 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 cringed a little at the idea, because the idea of being able to change your, your personal traits um, was, uh, was something that I, I originally wasn't a fan of, strictly from a, Immersion yeah. or fictional standpoint says, well, but now I don't know how to do nerve pinch, right? Kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I forgot how to. Yeah. So, um, but I forgot how to be a helmsman. But then I just got over it. <laughs> I'm just suggesting you change. <laughs> That's fine. I don't have a problem with changing the name. What I have a problem with is is trying to find every location throughout the game and throughout the logical <laughs> name and and in our in all our uh, blogs. To change it all from trait to to something else. You don't have so, a find you know and replace button like There's in Microsoft no, yeah, Word. Control F, Control Control uh, V, right? So, um, so not not that's that's uh, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of code in this game. I understand. Another thing we talked about, in addition to kit revamps, a few times uh, we've had you on before, skill revamps. And I'm gonna go ahead and put my psychic helmet on right now, and I'm gonna say I know it's coming because you've decoupled all of the reputation stuff from the skills. So we're getting a skill revamp, right? You, uh, we will very likely have a skill revamp. I really wanted to get it in for expansion two. It could not make it into schedule, so I'm okay. I'm really shooting for it for season ten after expansion two, for for, okay. for for a complete skill revamp, more like what we've talked about in the past. Um, okay. Uh, how it will how it will all shake out at the end? Um, I I don't. Uh, I don't know, but it was really I really wanted it for expansion two because there's something about expansion two which I'm not going to talk about, um, which would have really benefited from it. But and so it was like, wow, this just really would be so much better if we just had that skill revamped. As well, we'll just have to wait. So so yeah, that that will come, and I think that will there's there's a couple there's a couple things left in the game that are like our old like old Atari stuff, right? This old this like this the the old like we had to get this game out in 12 months kind of thing and. So yeah, still we, some dark corners. Yeah, there's a few. There's a few cobwebs that need to be swept out, and and to, to before I can say that, you know, I'm, you know it's done. <laughs> this, is, this is the game I wanted. Right. I love this game. This Skill is revamp game. is one. Crafting is is one. Bridge officer training is one. Um, we've re, uh, some of the missions we we redid we redid the um, the Klingon arc, the first arc of the Federation content. Um, we now one something we haven't talked about, which we should talk about, is the you know we did now the Borg Undine arc at the end, uh, right? And uh, so in between, we still have the Romulan and Cardassian arc that needs some serious love. That stuff is so yeah. old and dated. So those are like two things that are just really make me sad about the game. Um, and and, and uh, it's just I mean we make we make content now. It takes about six weeks to make a piece of content. The current featured episode that's coming out with season nine took us about. Uh, about ten weeks to do 
for uh, told no, not not ten man weeks, but just ten weeks from one ten one designer. Uh, mm-hmm. And we used to do content in three days for first when we launched it at Star Trek. <laughs> that's just the time we had available. So. Yeah, yeah, that's all you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're under under the gun. So yeah, so. Uh, so so we we want yeah. to get change that. And so there's there's a couple less pieces. And I and I, I also want to redo uh, the Klingon uh, the Klingon uh, Fakiri uh, uh, Kalis arc. I think it's pretty decent. But I, I think it's it's also a little date could use a little remastering, um, but we can get all those done. Then we just have rock solid content, and we do skill revamp and crafting revamp and um, and uh, and bridge officer and training can, and 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 uh, then and you can then, move to yes, Italy. and then of course PvP and and there's always more stuff to do PvP and foundry and all those things. PvP definitely probably even more so. It just because because they're it's because it's because well, it's because of reasons. So. Because of reasons. Well, actually, let's talk just just talk a bit just about PvP. You did you guys did make a little bit of a change to some of the PvP stuff, and that's uh, the Klingons loved it. Uh, the cross faction teaming stuff. Cross faction um, teaming is one. Uh, there's also uh, coming out if it's not out. I can't even remember where it's at now. Is the uh, is a uh, shuttle shuttle PvP? Shuttle's out, right? We got the shuttle. And uh, there's also going to be a shuttle. There's also going to be coming soon. Not related to PvP, but related to shuttles. Uh, Shuttle PV, PVE. I think we're taking a few uh, a few pieces of the existing queues and turning them into twenty man shuttle PVE queues. I think like uh, oh fun. Okay, I was gonna say. Uh, so now uh, you talked to that uh, the captain skill tree fell off the schedule for expansion two. Uh, any hints about what might have made it then? Maybe. No, I, the one thing that I will say is that if anything, you know, season nine is it's not as uh, as big as other seasons we've done. Um, and it's more mm-hmm. focused on polish, uh, on a lot of things, uh, on a lot of systems, for instance, because we've because we're putting so much effort into expansion two. So well, expansion one was quite large. Yes. So so it's, it, it won't be any smaller than expansion one. So okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, I think we get we we've been trained now to expect great things from you guys on expansions. So uh, we believe in you. We believe in you. Wow. <laughs> there is something I can tell you about expansion two. We're making it. We're we're gonna have a new mini game. It's uh, we're we're, hey, all right. we're partnering. We're partnering with Flappy Birds. <laughs> Elijah will be thrilled. <laughs> and this Elijah is how you thrilled. double your your player base. Yeah, that's right. It's a new strategy. It's um, good. It's gonna be on a tablet. It's it's gonna be on iPad. Yeah, it's gonna be an iPad and and uh, iOS only. iOS only. That Elijah's guy. the only person that won't be able to play it. That's right. Everyone else has iPads. <laughs> <laughs> In case well, people covered. out there don't know, that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm hoping that was that's clear. true. We should put that disclaimer the, the on there. The doom that thread has radio. already been made. Brand new right. and yes. Flappy Birds takes over. <laughs> what else should we talk about on Season 9 before we move um, on? Besides the, the featured episode, which what, what, what I can say, of course, we brought, you know, we brought Tim Russ back, and so he'll be featured in that featured mm-hmm. episode. No surprise there. Um, but we've also added, uh, we've improved sensor analysis on science vessels. Um, have anybody, has anyone had seen that or, or heard? Or? Yeah, there, there's been a little rage. I have, I have dismissed the rage. Um, I don't understand the rage. It's actually, I don't either really. I, I'm a little annoyed at the having to click it, but the, but the benefits of doing the click kind of outweigh. I, I, I go. Let, let's talk about it. That's fine because I'll, I'll tell you I'm a fan. Well, well, number one. I can probably guarantee you that most people who flew a science vessel didn't even know they had sensor analysis, probably not. right? So the first thing we had to do was expose it, right? 
So mm-hmm. you have to make sure you knew about it. So there'll be a new, there'll be, uh, you'll have a little separate UI for it. If you ever, if you remember flying the, uh, when you fly a temp, temporary ship, like in the any of the featured episodes, and you get a little yeah. special tray with the powers that that are featured cool. on that. Well, it'll appear in a tray like that, um, and uh, and and that will now allow you to select a a ship and start doing your sensor analysis on that. In the past, the way sensor analysis works, it was just this passive ability. Whoever you had targeted, the longer you had it, the more damage you did right. against that target. If you switched right. targets, if you switched targets for more than like a second or two, you lost all that sensor analysis data on, on yep. your target and you had to rebuild it up on the new target. So if you had to switch and heal somebody, you lose it's gone. It's gone, right? So that was the thing I hated the most about it. I fly a Science Odyssey for that reason. I love the sensor analysis; it's been great since the beginning. But I, I, I had to spec to be a damage cruiser because I couldn't heal anybody. Because as soon as I switched off, you lose all done. Yeah. yeah. So, so now that is, so that is, uh, so that's not a problem anymore. So now you can select a target, start your sensor analysis, and then you can move to wherever you want, and we'll continue to anal- analyze that one target. And when you go back to it, you'll be doing more damage against it. Now you can also put it on allies. Now, which you couldn't do before, you put it on allies and you do sensor analysis on them, and so now your heals will be better against that target. So you put it on targets that you want to keep, that's your your squishy target you want to keep alive, and you will have improved healing against that target. Um, so, uh, a huge improvement to the system. And uh, yes, it requires you to click, but that is what the game does. Oh, you have to click on a computer. <laughs> Can you believe it? Ah, uh, too much. No, I think yeah, and uh, and the 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 build-up time is tons faster too. Yeah, like it was eighteen faster. seconds to get to max now. Now the max is the same, right? That eighteen seconds builds me up to the same damage bonus that I used to have to wait a minute for. It right? didn't go down, so it's uh, it's either the same or more. I can't remember. I, there was rage at the beginning. I kind of I I I bought into it for about five seconds, and I went, wait a minute. Eh, you guys are stupid. Okay, so no, it's I, a great I, it's, a, it's a great I, it's a great I, new addition. It's part of I our so. part of our. Uh, you know our our uh, our plan to try to make all ships far more interesting and viable, right? You know, mm-hmm. still yeah. still working on the secondary deflector thing for science vessels and the Comrade item. Comrades are on cruisers, but the Comrade item is not available yet. But we'll be adding that soon. Um, so 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 improving sensor analysis was part of that. Okay, so the Comrade is going to be another paper doll bit on my yeah. You'll be able layout. you'll have okay. something so that way. You'll be able to modify your your auras. Right, either change them outright or just add add benefits to certain one of those auras. I'm going to start a thread in the forum right now. The science Audi is OP. The science Audi is OP. Science Audi is not going to be OP. I get a Comrade and my sensor analysis is a click. Forget a science Audi is OP. Yeah, but that's it's okay because I'm flying. Yeah, it's OP. It's a, just don't don't buy one. Don't buy one. It's too OP. <laughs> yeah, don't buy it. Here's Al Rivera on record saying, "Don't buy a science Odyssey, guys. Don't spend any money in that C store." I was actually yeah. going to ask about the the Audi because with the changes to the Galaxy X, uh, which is awesome. Uh, with those changes, I'm wondering if uh, you could look at allowing an Odyssey to launch saucer separation and the uh, Aquarius at the same time. Ooh, yeah, that's just that's not going to happen. Oh come on, <laughs> come on! I had to try. I really wanted that science Odyssey's OP thread to really take off. That would have that would have sealed it right there. Well, one one of the th- one of the advantages the the one of the reasons the real the the, the the big reason of not doing it is because it's really really hard. <laughs> um, because, oh. because I thought I thought under the era of D'Angelo, we were through hearing listening to the engineers tell us that. Well, no, it's not an engineering <laughs> thing. It is it is the combinations of 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 uh, 
ship skeletons and ship models that are available and the way the power has to be built to say, well, if this ship is launched, the saucer is launched, and the cruise and the escort isn't, then then we have to launch. Then you have to change your costume to this costume, and then if it's the other way around, we have to change it to this costume. And so it's uh, the 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 different common. If you just like split them all at once, like multi-vector, then it's just there's just two options. It's like you know it's apart or together, Honor. right? So now it's you get you get far more different combinations, and it's uh, it really complicates the thing and makes it far more uh, far more bloated. The uh, the the I. The, the Odyssey is, uh, I mean, you still get the ability to, you know, launch one and then it's gone, then you can go right to the other one. So it's, you know, it's, you, you get, unlike saucer separation, if, you, if you've lost your saucer, you've got to wait a long time before you can launch another one. Now you can just launch the other pet instead. But with, um, with um, when I launched the, 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 uh, the, uh, the Dreadnought, some of the things that kind of wasn't, we didn't make a lot of noise about, but we made a lot of improvement to both the Aquarius and to the Jesus um, if people mm-hmm. haven't uh, people haven't caught on to that, so the Aquarius is like far more deadly than it used to be, and so is the Jesus. The Jesus, um, its uh, set bonus was never working. Like if you got the set bonus, your Jesus was supposed to get uh, um, the barrage, and now it has the barrage on it, the the, the cannon, disruptor cannon barrage. So and and, oh. and a few other a few other changes and additional additional uh, beefiness and uh, DPS was added to both of those uh, ships. So they both got a little bit of improvement recently. But really, I've been flying my Avenger for a while. Maybe I'll switch back. Yeah, the the uh, the, the Aquarius. Um, I can't remember what I did with the Aquarius, but we added um, added some more guns to it, or added some more added some more powers to it. Um, Actually, we had a question come in about the Hosus and the Aquarius, with the Hosus getting the uh, the player flown ships, not the not the pet launches, but with the uh, Raiders on the Klingon side getting the flanking ability. Is the Aquarius, the player flown Aquarius, going to get something kind of to balance that out, or the Aquarius is not is uh, not getting flanking. Uh, it's, uh, it's 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 actually uh, you know it's come up before. I, I I wouldn't dismiss it as an as a as something that might happen. I mean, I'll be I'll be honest. The, the the Aquarius was was added as a as a ship to fly because we had it, and some people asked for it, and it wasn't necessarily meant to be uh, you know a, a really big contender. Uh, out there, it was it was meant for some people who just really like that ship. Just like you can get a you know a retrofit uh, saber or some uh, or retrofit, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. some people just really like the Rhode Island, mm, yeah. and it's not, not a big seller. It's yeah. never going to compete with with a uh, with an Odyssey. Um, it's just if it's 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 for a few fans. It was something that we could do easily, and we put it out there. So I'm not really okay. planning on making the making the Aquarius, uh, you know, uh, any type of uh, Godship or, or anything. So right. um, you know, maybe there's there's, was... there's a few ships that 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 are that are not quite where we want them. I mean, frankly, uh, you know, uh, I want to I want to add a little love to the Vesta as far as its its hit points are, and and um, and and a few and the Nebula needs a little love. So there's a few bigger ships out there I think are more important that might need a little little stat adjustments. I don't know. Maybe we'll add something to the Aquarius, but I mean, not I mean, not every ship makes sense to be. Right, you know that 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 amazing, right? It's like the Aquarius, even Aquarius Starfleet is a, Design Bureau yeah. screws up every so often. It's a tiny little Aquarius. It's a yeah. tiny little ship. It's barely bigger than a runabout. And should it be able to take out a a, a, a scimitar? <laughs> when I'm in command, sure. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, it lets you. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's <laughs> it could, doable, yeah. but yeah, it's just it's a smaller <laughs> ship, and it's just it's there for uh, it's there for. Uh, for uh, 
for people who just really love that ship. And it's a cool ship. And people wanted it, so I said, all right, sure, you can get it. Because they oh, they'd say, oh, I don't care if it's good. Just, 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 I just want to have the costume. I really like it. Okay, here's the costume. Oh, I want it to be better now. But that's not what you said before. So, <laughs> If you give a mouse a cookie. Yeah. That's right. You said there were two things you wanted to talk about with Season 9. One of them was a sensor analysis that we hadn't covered yet. So now that's, we've covered that clearly. And even straight, straight from that a little bit. What, is there something else on Season 9? Yeah, the other on? one that I think is, 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 uh, is really underrated is the, uh, is the remastering of the Klingon and, uh, excuse me, the, uh, the Borg Undine arc, uh, the last arc in the, uh, in the progression. So uh, the, the original, there was originally seven episodes there, seven, seven missions. That were mm-hmm. that were very old and uh, and dated, and we completely redid them. Um, uh, I don't like to call them one of those digital remasters. We didn't add a lot of cutscenes and reo to it, um, but it's, the gameplay is just as high quality as any featured series that we've done, and it's uh, it's down to four episodes, and uh, it's it's uh, it ties better into our to season nine, which is why we really needed to do it because we need to kind of retcon the story a little bit there. Um, Okay. And, uh, so you're highly recommending this as a, as a everybody to... should play that arc. Go okay. back and replay that. It's it's uh, it's it's it, it's huge. It's a huge revamp. Uh, I'm not too worried about spoilers, so we can talk about it a little bit. But uh, sure. But you know, there there's you know, the first episode is with the, you know encountering a Romulan ship and their how they were you know messing with with uh, with um, with Borg technology, and, and you come across some Romulan Republic, so we're tying in the story in because you know Federation doesn't have a lot tied to Romulan Republic, so there's Romulan right. Republics that citizens that come that you help, and then they later come to help you, um, and uh, so it's all new maps. So the, uh, all, uh, you'll you'll get the interior kit, which is very similar to interior of a Keeve ship, you know the semi semi uh, assimilated uh, Romulan interior, uh, and then uh, and then you go to um, then you go to uh, the, ne- the next the next episode, uh, um, collateral damage. I think is the name of it, and uh, um, it's it's far cleaner. You actually now meet Cooper. We retcon, and now you see. Ah. So now okay. we. This is how the introduction Cooper is introduced. So 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 Cooper will be there, and. Um, the real Cooper or the Undine Cooper? I'm sure you to decide as oh, you watch, okay. as you play this. <laughs> That's part of the story, right? Uh, see Cooper, and and maybe we kind of see how what how, how did Cooper have his it's Cooper origin story? Got so we'll just say. Uh, all right, okay? yeah, backstory. Okay. And um, yeah, it's a prequel. Every villain needs one. Yeah, it's a Cooper prequel, and uh, and so you go there and and. Uh, and you're you're on that planet, and so we've completely redone. And we see how the Borg actually capture an Undine, and why the Undine are attacking, and you know some 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 great uh, the great ending to that episode is gonna is pretty amazing. Um, and then the next one is into the you know where you go into uh, uh, into uh, into a Borg cube, uh, which we've had before, but now it's, it's completely redone. Huge huge vast Borg interiors when you go through and you see all the you know those those scenes that you would see. On the show, were these giant chambers of of, uh, of drones, um, you know, walls and stories and stories of Borg drones. As you're sneaking through this this damaged cube and finding all this 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 uh, horror show of all these failed bots Undine assimilations, little parts and mm-hmm. bits of Undine assimilations, until you actually fight the assimilated Undine, who has been completely redone. And is probably the toughest ground boss that that we have in the game so far. It's really brutal. 
Um, so really be prepared for that one. Um, I should go get my kit revamped. Yeah, huh? and then okay. and then a new episode where you go into fluidic space, which uh, which we had yeah. before, but completely mm-hmm. redone. And with all the new mechanics and the and the snot, all the snot mechanics and all yes. the and, and ways, but but completely different story and see and see and 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 how how you learn about the Iconian connection and then uh, the big reveal at the end about what's really going on inside fluidic space and how that ties into season nine and expansion two um, and all new rewards for it too, which are probably not on triple yet. But uh, so if you don't. Play the revamped stuff. You are missing out on some good prequel things. You're missing out on good prequel things. You're certainly not going to. Okay. Uh, you're not going to be lost in the dark if you don't. But uh, but but the uh, you, you'll miss, well, out, miss out some good prequel yeah. stuff, and you're just cause you're just missing out on some really good gameplay. It's just well, it's really like this uh, stuff. I don't know if you read the the countdown comics before the JJ reboot oh, on yeah. in the 2009. It's it's like that. Well, we got the you know, countdown comics it, before yeah. before. Before anybody did, that's when we found out about Ramen blowing up. Yeah, uh, can't have Ramen <laughs> yeah. listen to our game. No. <laughs> yeah. So you guys needed that little uh, heads up. Yeah. That was like a, a job requirement for you guys. Yeah. 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 But uh, but I, I, the the analogy here is good. If you, you if you you don't have to play these things, yeah, this, but you're these, missing out. There are these are our count, countdown episodes. Yeah. Okay. So cool. But they're just they're just really well done, and I'm really I'm really proud of them. Uh, Jado well, Jado Rasa. Who I'm not sure if he's ever if if, we've, if you've ever met him or before he um, uh, he uh, he uh, he redid those and compressed them down compressed them down into four episodes. The the one thing that we didn't get, which w- uh, in there is uh, something that people have 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 uh, has expressed some some sadness about, is the state of Q and when Q's involvement in this. And we took that out because that episode, although the beginning of that episode is kind of neat, where Q kind of like messes with you and sends a board cube and says, oh, it was too easy. Here, try this, and sends three cubes at you. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of neat, kind of kind of Q jerkish, kind of trickstery things that he does. Sure. But then the whole story is like, I kind of owe the, uh, the um, this is the old story, I, I owe the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the prophets a favor. And uh, so I'm going to send you back in time, and you have to save, uh, make sure that Cisco's ship survives long enough so that way Cisco can escape. Well, back in the day, we had no money and we had no we had no resources and we could not do that episode the way we wanted to, which was you actually are on there on like episode one of Deep Space Nine and mm-hmm. and you see Jennifer, you know, die and you try to get Cisco. You see Cisco, ba- uh, you know, bawling and you got to rescue mm-hmm. him, and get him to the shuttle, uh, and and get him out of there. Um, and we couldn't. We couldn't do that then, and and the and the environments are really old and ugly, and we couldn't yeah. really get we couldn't, and so, so, so we just ripped that out entirely, and we want to bring that back. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get uh, Avery Brooks to to come in and VO for it if we can do that <laughs> episode. But I want to do that episode right because it's a really important one, um, and we just didn't really have the time to really and or the resources to do that right. So and it also was pretty. It was kind of. It's kind of modular. It wasn't really part of the story. It's not really yeah. part of the Undine and Iconian and Borg story that that's, that we're building. So it's really it's kind of a standalone. We can kind of take that and kind of make that a one-off story later on. So this other one is, is what we have left is really the introduction to the Borg and how and then what their involvement with the Undine, which then leads into season nine. So I highly recommend everybody play that immediately. I think I think you should play it before playing the featured episode. Oh, okay, so, well, we've got something to do while we wait. Yeah. I, I've got to throw something out there, do with it what you will, but I, as a fan, 
I think I'd rather have John Delancey do VO for, uh, VO rather than uh, before A.B. Brooks. Oh, well, That's I, just me. But we would yeah, just collect me them. We've got to have them all, right? I have another thing. I have another thing. Do You don't even need A.B. Brooks. Just uh, just do a voice capture from the uh, from the episodes. Just, uh, uh, we, pop, we can do voice We can do voice capture. We have access to those things. That depending on the, the episodes vary whether or not the tracks are separated or not. So, like for instance, uh, TOS, the we try to they're, they're, the tracks aren't separated, so you can't get the voice without mm-hmm. getting any of the the audio, yeah, you know, the music or whatever. But a lot of TNG is, um, but DS9 probably is. Um, not all of TNG is, at least what we have access to. So, but I'm willing to bet that uh, I bet DS9, DS9 is. is, and we should be able to pull 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 that that uh, Jennifer, Jennifer, yeah, and, right? yeah, and you know he spends a lot of time talking to the prophets. Yeah in that episode, right? And there's no reason why you couldn't mosey on in and just sort of stand there and go, hi, I'm a prophet. Yeah, sure. Yeah, see? So, but that, that, is, that is something I, I hope to, uh, to come back to. But it was, that was one episode I know people said they missed, but, um, but, the cha- but what we've added, the quality bar is so much higher, they're, they're, you're not going to miss it anymore. All right. Um, okay, well, let's see. Let's, uh, so, uh, and then there's the battle zone. Well, Okay, let's talk about that. There's a lot time. of so, stuff in season nine. I, I, it's <laughs> like you guys have updated the game again. It's like you're on another Code Branch, like Code Branch Forty. It, it is. Um, what, it's almost should, like you know what? This is screw it. This is expansion two. <laughs> <laughs> Next one's expansion three. Expansion <laughs> November, two. Flabby November. track. <laughs> By some guy. By some, some guy. guy. Al, some guy Rivera. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, well, uh, so we'll, we'll talk about the Battle Zone because I have a comment here that Elijah says, great work. Great Elijah. Well, Elijah said great work. He wanted you to know that he likes the, the Battle Zone. Well, the team, the team thanks you, Elijah. Um, that the, uh, the Battle Zone was done by, our, uh, uh, by Sean McCann, who uh, previous... Uh, He's worked mm-hmm. on the uh, uh, um, the last the last featured episode um, with uh, with um, with Tim Russ the, the previous one from uh, from from season eight or excuse me from the anniversary the anniversary episode and uh, what else has Sean done Sean Sean did the ground battle zone in the in the in the um, Bonnie you should mention yeah. that because Elijah also directed me to ask. Uh, what did Cryptic take away from that ground battle zone? Were the mini objectives good? The count. Well, we took, the a ra- well, we took out of that is that Sean's really good at making battle zones, so we gave him the space <laughs> battle zone. Do that again. <laughs> that thing you did with the dinosaurs with the freaking lasers. Yeah. yeah, do that again in space yeah. with snot. So, make a lot I of mean, snot. There are, there are similarities, and from there, and that actually allowed us to make it much faster. Um, so we were able to take a lot of the uh, a lot of the uh, things that we knew worked, and threw out the things that we knew didn't work, and then apply them. Uh, to space, which in itself is just will just give you a different experience without having us having to uh, to 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 reinvent uh, reinvent anything or kind of, or actually try to come up with anything new. So, well, we know let's 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 take what we know works. We'll apply it to space. That should be easy. Well, it was a lot harder than we thought, but it's still it's still it's still we had a template to work with as opposed to going in cold. Um, and now now we, as we learn this, now we'll learn what we can do with different space battle zones in the future. Um, but um, but uh, you know, there, there's there are some things that are that are that are, uh, are are obvious, and some things are not obvious when applying those kind of rules to 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 space. Uh, um, you know, the, the the distance is a big, and, and the travel times are are 
are a huge difference. You know, having going, ha- being able to run from one point to another on ground is a lot different than having to fly your ship from one point to another. And uh, and the 3D aspects are different. And you know, we we got rid of yes. those uh, those coins to buy reinforcements. That was just something that just yeah was not really didn't didn't pan out as much as we wanted. Um, Between you and me, when I got to that point on the objectives, when you did the training mission, I just stopped. Which point? The when you had to collect the coins to oh. the reinforcements. Oh. Yeah, well, it's just yeah. You, I, you can collect coins and you go and you can bring some down. You know, bring, uh, go and talk to the shuttle guy and he'll bring some more. Some more guys will come down and and, and yeah, spend yeah. the pay longer. But uh, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm it's not going to miss idea it. that didn't that didn't really yeah. it didn't really pan out as much as we thought it would. But it's not like worth worth ripping out. You can still ignore it. But if you like it, you can do it. Yeah. Bring some guys down to help protect the area for you. So. Um, but on this one, you the, the, you do get reinforcements, but they just they just come. Some that come, some that you'll as you're flying by, you'll see a disabled ship, and you can uh, you can get them back in a fight, and you can and you can you can rescue them, and they'll say thanks, we'll join you, and they'll you'll bring somebody with you. Um, uh, more uh, so so they'll just kind of hang out with you. It's more like just pick up pets. It's kind I guh. guess that's more similar to the uh, uh, to the squiddies kind of getting the squiddies, but there's more of them. It's, it's a bigger part of the space adventure battle zone. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's you know similar mechanics. You've got you've got three different types of capture points. Uh, one's kind of a, a capture and hold. You know, and we call it the hamburger. If you've played huh. it, you know it's the two pieces, two buns that are uh, of the two two little flying saucers. You can stay inside the middle, and there's a there's a big there's a big plug of mucus in there that flies <laughs> around and in, in, in orbits there, and so you have to stay in there, but try to avoid. Try to uh, try to avoid getting stuck in the mucus while while you're capturing the points while the planet killers the undines are coming in. If you've noticed the undines now, they do their real planet killer blast at you. You'll ever so often a bioship planet killer yeah. will show up and seven ships or eight ships will fly in formation and blast you with that and they knock you back really far. So um, yeah, I, I I did enjoy that on the uh, the PVEQ the the other one. Um, I I just I parked my Odyssey right in front of that thing and just let it let it blast me. That was kind of cool. <laughs> just I just I just yeah. soaked it up. I mean, it, it took down my shields and did some hull damage, but it was you know it's like come get me, bro. It's a frigate though, so, but that's a frigate, huh? right? No, no, this is the planet killer. Yeah, the planet I, killer. I, I, I'm talking about the little planet killers. I'm not talking about the big one at the boss at the end. Oh, 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 yeah, oh okay, the, the little okay. frigates will every so often instead of a regular frigate, you'll get a uh, you'll get a planet killer bio ship. They'll show up, and oh, okay, the, okay. The, the real one from the show, which is it's got a different geo on it, and uh, it will and then it flies in. And it'll, it'll summon nine ships that will fly in formation around it, and and then do just like from the show, uh, will shoot a giant planet killer blast at you. It's you know it's, it's pretty it's pretty nasty so you gotta just watch out for those every so often when the frigates will be one of those variants and we'll shoot you with that blast so um, so yeah there's a whole new battle zone that was uh, it was we originally had planned to, to release this battle zone with um, with Dyson Sphere but we, we we just didn't get it done it was gonna be mm-hmm. it was gonna be where the uh, where the Voth had the Voths the Voths that's their base, right? You've got the Federation side, and there was the Voth side, and then there was the, the part in the middle, the contested zone in the middle. Um, and then we said, well, we'll just launch it. We'll just launch it later. And then as we as we uh, explored our story for uh, for uh, for season nine, we said, well, why don't we instead of just launching it with more Voth that people have been fighting already, why don't we have a an Undine invasion? And if you uh, if you do everything and under certain conditions, if you if you get all the planet killers at the end. The, the the Voth will come in and try to take the zone back again from you. So, <laughs> so if, right. if you're successful and take out the three planet killers, like taking out the three V Rexes, um, 
then ah. then the boss then the boss will show up and say and try to get it back, and so you'll have to fight them back. I think you just gave something away because in the dev blog they said a, a, a special thing will happen. Oh. Ooh-hoo. Okay. Oh yeah. Oops. So. Oh, we'll see, but that's why it's people not that hard to do. It is really not, and that's why people not that hard to do once it's live. You know, we got enough right. people out there. So. Right. Well, and that, and and again, you know, that's why you should listen to our show. Yeah, and that's why. I, that's that's why. I should, and that's why I should read the blogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably so. But okay, but but we digress. Okay, so, geez, Alice, like, there's so much stuff in season nine. Are you done yet? I think I, I think I think I'm done. Other than the Undine have been revamped, right? So we have got all new costumes. They're scary the now, actually. They're supposed they're to be actually scary. really scary. They're actually scary now. I mean, I, I blew up twice on Tribble. I don't blow up on Tribble. I blew up twice on Tribble, and I've tried the uh, PVE queue. You're gonna blow up a lot in the featured episode, probably. It's pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you gonna make me fly a new, a new ship in the featured episode? Because when I'm no, flying my, no, there won't, okay. won't be flying a new ship in the okay. featured episode. Okay, so I get to keep my ship this time. Yeah, yeah, your your, your ship your whole time. Yeah. So, uh, so that, so, all right. So, uh, that, that's, that's again huge. I mean, you, uh, I, I seem to recall a conversation a few, uh, a few interviews back where you said, "Hey guys, you know, we're getting, we're doing this expansion thing. Don't expect a whole lot from these seasons. You know, we're trying to, trying to reserve, conserve our strength, and really give big push for the expansion." Jeez, like we're we're an hour and we're an hour and change yeah. into this. Well, but now we you're focus, done. We focus a lot on systems for season nine, right? You'll see a lot, you know, a lot of new system changes, and so oh, yeah. that's a very different team than our content team. Uh, you know, on the content side, uh, I mean, there's only one featured episode, right? So, so it's, it's not you know lots of time. I would have I would have liked to have uh, had more, more, more story content. But to be fair, without getting into details of the featured episode, it is really long, and we almost split it into two. Most of our featured episodes are like like maybe twenty mm. minutes. Twenty minutes. Uh, first time you play, probably take you about forty five minutes to get through this one. So, okay. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. <laughs> See, we are getting to know each other. All right, Captains, just to remind you that our community question in episode 168 was, have the changes to the species trait system currently on Tribble made you think about changing your playstyle? Are you more likely to have a set of traits for ground and space and switch between them? Chio Yumiko writes via PriorityOnePodcast.com, I have to agree with Cookie regarding the fleet member who doesn't want to upset people. You really do have to have a patient fleet. I felt the same way he did when I joined my fleet, but thankfully, they were patient, and I ended up with that core group of friends that I do missions with, like Elijah pointed out. Yeah, and our fleet is patient and everything, but we don't have enough people on there at any given time to fill up a whole team, so that's the problem. Admiral Jolson Falm posted on PriorityOnePodcast.com, I'm kind of dual-minded on the hot-swapped traits system. On one hand, as a competitor, I like the idea of being able to min-max my traits and skills to what arena and ship I am playing in, regardless of how many retrait tokens I have. On the other hand, it does take away a lot of the permanency that you see in other MMOs and in real life, where you have to invest to change some core system of yourself. Slight RP nerd issue, I know. But it is nice to feel some sort of commitment to your character and how he or she lives and interacts and evolved during your gameplay. You know, that, and that's, an, that's another issue, actually, that I just thought of, is that, you know, he writes, you know, I, I, as a competitor, I like the idea of being able to min-max my traits and skills to what arena and ship I'm playing. But, damn, that takes a lot of time. There's already so much in Star Trek Online, right, that, that 
you can spend time prepping and researching in order to min-max for every instance that you're in, whether it's PvE with against the Borg or against the Undine or against the Voth, and then PvP if you should decide to sway that way. It just becomes... There's a lot of time investment in having to go in and then resequence. It's just extra maintenance that I don't know is beneficial to the game, right? I, I, and and with that, I almost feel as if though Al Rivera's idea of simplifying the the skill system would really help. You know, I, I think that maybe now is a time to to really do that because right now it's just it's just another thing I have to worry about. It becomes like gear, and I have to now think about all right, what am I going to switch to when I'm fighting against you know, a certain enemy. It, it, there's In another MMO, it's very much a think hard when you first select it, then set it and forget it. Now it's, all right, well, now I can kind of change my playstyle. And although it, it can sometimes be an attraction or in a feature for some MMO players who feel locked in and, and don't have the ability to be flexible with their characters, at the same time, it's sometimes a little, it's too much. It's a bit too much in, in some cases and a bit overwhelming. Rogue Jawa writes via PriorityOnePodcast.com that I think the species trait revamp is going to be interesting, but I don't know that I'll be swapping them out on the fly. On some maps, there isn't a lot of time to mess with that. It would be easier if they'd let you have a ground and space preset that you change to automatically, depending on the map. And I think they probably will link this to the uh, loadouts, but as far as automatically changing, that's pretty cool. On the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode, Skolulf writes... Ah, forcing team play and leveling, not interested. The game's team PvE content needs to open scoreboards and rewards derived from that to let players know what they are doing. You want people to work together. Structure the reward system to reward the actions that are conducive to victory. I think he, I think what uh, Skullwolf is saying is he wants to make sure that you can see that everybody's contributing to a PvE queue and that reward should be dependent on a certain level of participation. I think that the mirror event and some of the uh, some of the Dyson battle zone content has led to some folks accusing others of uh, leeching, basically. Either like AFKing or like coming in at the very end just to get rewards. And he's looking for a better solution to that. Yeah, the, I mean, the AFK or issue is, has been a topic of contention for quite some time. And, and I think that either a reward system or scoreboard system, that's 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 a good idea. Maybe in, in you see, what, what I'm trying to say is that people usually will say, all right, have a, a kick feature installed into the game where if there's an AFK or we can all vote to kick them out. Well, maybe this is the the answer to that, the the other side to that. Instead of a kick, you have a scoreboard and, and rewards are derived from that scoreboard. You know, if if there is somebody that clearly did not, you know, uh, contribute, then they wouldn't get as many Borg neuroprocessors, right? Borg neuroprocessors, right? I can be the max DPS, right? I have pretty high DPS on my ship, right? And I still will only get one, whereas somebody else will get six. Now, I'm not saying that theirs is, is their DPS is different or their contribution is any different. That's not what I'm saying. But the chasm between six and one is is pretty wide right there's a pretty big gap there so maybe a scoreboard or, or some kind of algorithm to determine a player's involvement in a pve and how they're how they are involved to then give a a reward based on that may, may not be such a bad idea because then the afkers will get you know one neuroprocessor and 
and 10 dilithium or some crazy thing like that. Yeah, and, I, and granted, that random factor with the neural, process, the neural processors is going away as part of the reputation revamp. Uh, but, yeah, Jay Galloway points out that there is a scoreboard. We know they keep track of some of this stuff because we see who gets first, second, or third in some of the events like Crystalline Entity or Starbase 24. So there's probably some way they could extend that. It just would be a little tough to balance because you wouldn't want to punish someone who was a noob. Like, say I'm, I'm Jay Newbie and I go on my first ever STF and I contribute, like, 1,000 DPS and get killed four times. And I don't, I barely even know how to repair. But everybody's okay with it. It's fleet mates and whatever. Uh, they're teaching me. But then I get no reward. That would stink. Or, you know, how do you measure science? You know, how many heals they're, they're doing? Clearly, you can't really measure a science officer in DPS. So, yeah, there's a lot to consider. But uh, but maybe maybe instead of a kick feature, uh, there needs to be a, a better reward um, scaling. Berthoff commented via PriorityOnePodcast.com, Solo play versus team play. All the early missions can be team played, but the endgame missions are solo only, which is kind of counterintuitive given the endgame content is all team play events. Jace is right about balance. There needs to be two difficulties for each puggable event, an easy one for learning the ropes and a hard one where coordination is required, even if none of them can be failed as such. For the record, I'm all for a revamp of the death penalties based on the current debuff system, but I don't think it's harsh enough. It shouldn't outright kill a character or destroy ships and equipment, but it should debuff a character or his ship to the point that you have to get rid of them to play. Lastly, Elijah has more than one fan. It's the voice. I can listen to it for hours. Literally. I recently listened to episodes 161 to 167 in a single sitting. I got behind. I'm sorry. Life happened. I promise not to let life get between me and Priority One again. Love you all and look forward to the next episode. Live long and podcast. Berthoff, thank you so very much for your kind words. I am very much appreciative uh, that you enjoy my voice. And uh, it's intimidating to work alongside of James Earl Jones here with his rich, deep bass voice. Please continue to listen. And uh, I am blushing. Each week, our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, your opinions, and your suggestions for the show. So please keep them coming. Reach out to us via Facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast, or you can follow us on Twitter at STO Priority One. Well, that wraps up episode 169 of Priority One Podcast, recorded live on TrekRadio.net. Remember, we record Thursday nights live on Trek Radio starting at around 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time and 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And you can subscribe by pointing your podcast catcher at feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. Captains, you know we love hearing from you. So let us know what you think of the show and submit your responses for our community question in the comments section on our site or on the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode. And now you can call us and leave us a message. Just visit PriorityOnePodcast.com and find out how. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to Facebook.com slash PriorityOnePodcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at priority one You can even join the Priority One Podcast chat in-game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join space Priority One.
Captains, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. You can continue to support Priority One with real-world donations by helping us reach our monthly financial goals. We are all volunteers, and we could use your help with purchasing new equipment, hosting fees, or to alleviate travel expenses as we cover conventions on location. We'd love to see you at the Star Trek Las Vegas convention. A very special thanks to everyone who has already contributed and continues to do so on a recurring basis. Without your ongoing support, we would not be able to bring you the content you've grown to enjoy from Priority One Podcast. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. It's a pretty good show. You should check it out. The Priority One fleet is recruiting. If you're interested in joining, just shoot us an email with your ad handle and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email is incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast, including our audio engineer, Skiffy, and this week's audio assistant, Midnight Shadow 7. A big thanks to Star Trek Online's lead designer, Al, Captain Gecko Rivera, for stopping by and talking with us about Season 9 and beyond. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Epic Gamer Radio, Subspace Radio, and Trek Radio. Thanks to our sponsor, Sayulita.com. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek online community, our listeners. Without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. Well, Captains, the moment we've been waiting... Shillelagh. <laughs> well, Captains, the moment you've been wa- we've been waiting for... Gito? Oh, Gito. All right, Gito. All right, fine. And in Season 9... In Season 9, Dev Blog number 11, our security clearance has been raised, and Gito, Sugihara... We're losing many listeners years as you ago. <laughs> Many years ago, my master... He's not with us, Yoshi. okay? He's... Oh no! It's the uh, he went straight I just to TMNT. Took a big step away from you. No, I, I playable Ninja you. Turtles. Playable Ninja Turtles. Season nine confirmed. I made another funny. <laughs> now we welcome Star Trek Online's lead designer Al, Captain Rivera. What? Ah <laughs> yes. Just say that guy. That one guy. He's just some guy. I'm not alone. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, this is a common theme throughout the feedback from this question. I'll, I'll go ahead. Rogue Jawa writes on Priority One Pet Pot uh, on some kind of website. <laughs> With season nine right around the corner, we've invited Star Trek Online's lean lead. Oh, he, he's lean, all right. Lean. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's so 
in his recent subspace communique, embracing adversity. Ooh, he made the same mistake I played. No. Damn. No, you didn't. Damn. No, but you still ruined it, so thank you. I did, I did. <laughs> Damn, two, I was two like, for two, wait, buddy. is he going to say it like I say it? Wait, two for two? What did I mess up? What did I, what did I interrupt? You? No, you didn't interrupt me before. You messed up communique. I always mess up communique. I always read tummy meat. <laughs> but then I always, but then I always second guess myself and think that communique is wrong. And he keeps thinking I, of Monique. Listen, species, species, species. Okay, hold on. I just got to touch my. I've been talking for so long. <laughs> I need to take a drink of water. Yeah, we should have at least written in a chance for Elijah to interrupt you. Yeah. <laughs> just to give you a little okay. break. So here's okay. So first, first I interrupt too much. Now I don't interrupt. I know. Come on, I'm just trying to make good radio here. (laughs) She's drinking water, so I pick on Elijah. Yo, so I interject, and then you're gonna judge what I'm saying. You know what? I quit. What? Who are you talking to? No, don't do it. There's too much to podcast for. Oh no, it's the show notes. He must have printed out a copy to rip up. <laughs> I love it. Right. I just killed a tree for to make to make entertainment. I'm something I'm hearing everything we're saying back at us again. Like, Do you have truck radio on? That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's really weird. I could, like, hear the music in my mind. Yeah.